You're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. <clears throat> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 204, where we will be discussing chapter six of City of Heavenly Fire, Brother Lead and Sister Steel. I'm Kristen. <laughs> it's Led. Led. And I'm Robin. Led. <laughs> started saying it in the last chapter or last episode I thought you were gonna say brother lover so that's what I wasn't even listening to what you were saying I'm so fucking stupid this is a King Henry I was Mm -hmm. this is (laughs) to the day brother led it well that makes so much more sense I was like, that's a really weird, okay. <laughs> You're like, I've anyway, had worse. Cri- did we Did we do? I said my name. name. Oh, Who are you, ma'am? Sorry, I'm Amanda over here. It's me. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it's me. I'm Amanda. It's me. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. How are you guys? Oh Have your gosh. children... Um, attacked you this week like they did last week personally no. like <laughs> your nails or anything personally yeah. or emotionally no mm-hmm. <laughs> my 13 year old slipped an f an f Ooh. Mm-hmm. like to you or around you what was the circumstance i mean it was i was asking her to do something i can't remember and i was like you have to do this for me I, you came out of my vagina Okay. Mm-hmm. She's like, I came out. Of, I, no, I came out of your fucking butthole, is what she said. So it oh. was funny. And I feel like that when it's funny, funny, it gets a pass. Yeah. Yeah. In the in I the know. heat of the yeah. moment, Lincoln did the same thing last week. Uh, he accidentally called me a bitch, <laughs> and it was hilarious. <laughs> he was just repeating what Andy was saying because Andy <laughs> thought it was funny to sing a song. Your mom's a bitch. Your mom's a bitch. And he was like singing this little song. And like, oh my God. Then Lincoln was like, Yeah, mom, you're a bitch. And Andy was like, Oh my God. I did not, <laughs> <laughs> like, I did not think through the ramifications just of my action. smile actions. on Andy's face, knowing that he just got caught and Lincoln did something. It was great. I couldn't not laugh. Oh, uh, no. My, my kids all, like, she gets all weird about. She's more weird about swearing than I am. Clearly. Do you know why? I want to say ass. Like, Do you know why? Yeah. I'm going to tell why? you why. Why? She's my child. And this one's yes. yours. Yes. 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 For the last time. Yes. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. The world makes sense more when you guys exchange children. Yes. Yeah. Well, like, her, the first, I think the first time she dropped anything, it was... It wasn't at anyone. She, like, spilled something and was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I was, like, dying because I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> Do you know what mine said? Now you know the real me. <laughs> no! <laughs> she really is she's mine. I know. <laughs> Oh my god. 
Um, but we were just talking offline that Cassandra Clare is going to be at the Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, and we are also in the Pacific Northwest. And so that might mm-hmm. be a thing that would be cool. Yeah. Um, but, like, obviously don't, don't right. count on it because we're terrible yes. at making plans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is true. But sometimes things are cool to think about. <laughs> so we'll see. I just felt like a dog for a second there. My ear itches. I don't want to take <laughs> out my earbud. That's what happens when mm-hmm. you wear earbuds for too mm-hmm. long. And yes, I called them earbuds because that's, that's what I call my earbuds. What they're called. That's what they're called. Oh, I told you guys that Bryn went to her yeah. concert, uh-huh. right? Yes. But I didn't tell you the, about the mom fail. So I thought I was so prepared, right? I gave her a breakdown of what the inside of the club looked like, where to find the bathrooms, the fastest way to get out, the whole nine yards, right? What did I forget? We're driving downtown and she goes, mom, do you have earplugs? Oh, I, and I was like, oh, shit. And the reason, because I've never worn earplugs to exactly. a concert before, that that's no. not a good thing. That's a bad thing. It's the reason I have tinnitus. But uh-huh. <laughs> I just, it didn't even occur to me. And I was like, oh, I have such a bad mom. I didn't even think about getting you earplugs. My kids have been to like three concerts, I... never thought about it until you just said it. My bad. <laughs> Yeah, no. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> no. Nope. She'll remember I wouldn't next have time. Either. Or you will. And then you'll yeah. be fine. Well, and they tried to, like, we were standing, we were waiting for them to go in through the metal detectors. And I was like, you know, make sure that you take everything off. Like, you don't want to be the asshole that has mm-hmm. to go through twice. You know? And Brynn goes, well, what about my earrings? And she moves her hair out of the way. And she's got dangly earrings. And I'm like, no, give those give those and she's like what i'm like you cannot wear dangly earrings to a metal show you're gonna rip them out of your fucking yeah, ears absolutely mm-hmm. and so her and, and her her little friend was like oh are these bad i'm like yeah give them to me i will hold on to them and give That's them great. to you <laughs> you dipshits I'm like, you are gonna end up with a split uh-huh. earlobe <laughs> did i tell you guys about the concert that might that drew wants to go to Okay, so a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, um, we were all at the dinner table, whatever, and Drew asked Andy if he wanted to go to a concert with him because it's heavy and he doesn't think any of his friends mm-hmm. want to go. And um, so Andy, I was going to say dad, Andy was like, what concert is it? And he mm-hmm. said, Amaranth something. And I was like, like he knew the name. I can't oh, think of it. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, I think I saw them. And he was like, no, you didn't. You're, yeah, and he was like, you're confused, mommy, whatever, yeah. you didn't see them. No, there's no way. And I was like, no, look, look at my we pictures. Did. I saw them. And he was like, ah, like he was speechless. Can't believe you got to go to a show. I would have loved to go to that. I can't believe I didn't know. And I was like, you just don't fucking listen to me when I talk. <laughs> this is uh-huh. what happened. And I was like, yeah, there were like people rowing in the, in the aisles and stuff. He was like, oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> okay. So I got to be cool mom for a little bit. I'm showing in the I pictures love that of the stage. For you. Thank Genuinely. you. Thank you. I love that you got that yeah. street cred. I love it. 
I saw I got an email from Ticketmaster that they were coming here again. Yeah, he um he bought the tickets for him and Andy. So that was nice. That was cool. Um well, if that's all, uh why don't we uh cut the chit chat and kick things off with a previously Robin's on Downworlder Dish. Jordan and Maya are looking for Simon and of course can't find him anywhere because unbeknownst to them he has been vamp napped. <laughs> The show must go on and the NYC person slash wolf pack has shown up to clean the dead bodies and help get a message to Luke and also keep an ear out for Simon. Maya spends the night back at pack headquarters before heading over to Jordan's in the morning to continue the hunt for the daylighter and have a serious talk with Mr. Kyle. (laughs) Their day is cut immediately at the past when Jordan receives a phone call that shit is going down at their HQ. One awkward drive later, and Maya and Simon... No, I oh, Simon, that was not who it was, but that's what I wrote. That's just my brain. Maya and Jordan, sorry, turn the corner into a scene of lupine terror. The building is alight, and the place is being attacked by Sebastian and his Endarkened. Maya looks on in horror as Jordan is struck with a giant sword right through the chest. On the other side of the sword is Sebi, who is totally TO'd because the London Institute was too guarded for him to attack. He has to quell his thirst for blood, so the Praetor was the perfect revenge due to their history with the London <coughs> Institute. Maya is left alive to relay a message to her fellow downworlders. Sebi has no beef with them unless they join forces with the Hunters of Shadows, and this is how he treats his enemies. Simon, meanwhile, actually Simon not Freudian slip, Simon, is waking up in a cage in an old-timey, like, pirate costume with a psychotic Marine whose plans to keep him locked up until he can learn to love her, almost like a twisted Beauty and the Beast, although Beauty and the Beast was Mm -hmm. also kind of twisted in its own right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Meanwhile, Magnus is meeting up with Katarina in the Hunter's Moon, and the latter is picking through his brain, trying to get him to come to terms with his feelings for Alec and get him out of his slump. Magnus is worried about the imminent destruction that he feels is coming for the world, but Katarina is able to pluck him away, pluck away at his exterior to tell him to make like a Wessa and get to his man. <laughs> he's the seat of the warlock representative, and he's going to take it. Like, you're the seat, you're going to take the seat, and also take this dinner invitation, get the fuck out of here, go to Idris. Magnus spots a chance at some cheese may and asks Bat, what's the 411 on the down low? Speaking of cool moms. <laughs> and um, the person slash wolf lets him in on the attack and the deaths at the Praetor. <sighs> oh, snap, crackle, pop. <clears throat> So we're going to pop on in with the Blackthorns during lunchtime. Julian is being dramatic as fuck as he tries to feed a vengeful Tabby. And like my daughter, Tabby has developed a deep-seated hatred for potatoes in any form other than French and fried. Um, These are in wedges, and so he's, like, not having it. My kid hates potatoes unless they're French fries, pretty much. I, she might eat a tater tot if there's enough ranch and seasoning on it. Um, she, sometimes she can be persuaded into a hash brown if it's okay. nice and crispy. Mm. Um, but she hates mashed potatoes. She doesn't like potatoes in her soup. She doesn't. She doesn't like potatoes. Crazy. It's a texture thing for her. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, let's see, where are we? Okay, so the quote-unquote war orphans, war orphans, that's literally even Emma in her subconscious was like, they called us the war orphans. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Well, and again, how often are there war orphans? Why is there not, like, uh-huh. a house for them, a place for them to go? And they're not the mm-hmm. only ones. Yeah. I mean, aside from the war that happened and all those people died, aside from that, we've got five other institutes that got hit. Like, there's no orphans yes. from those institutes. I don't think there were any survivors. That They killed children and the old people and stuff. Yeah, they did never get out. But there, the war... Like from City of Glass wasn't that long ago, and I'm mm-hmm. sure there's right. kids that lost their parents mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. So, so these war orphans are shacked up in the attic of the Penhallow Estate, um, and it's like their own little apartment. And she describes it. Emma describes it as like the house is really like elite and very like luxurious, and there's like a lot of like beautiful things, and then the attic is like very plain. And so there's, like, a very distinct, like, shift in, like, Mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. And so, like, all the kids are up there. Emma has her own room. Julian has his own room. And then um, Drew and Tabby are sharing a room. And the twins are sharing a room. And they have a little kitchenette and a bathroom. And then Helen is staying with Aline downstairs And this feels very, like, Downton Abbey to me. Like, the upstairs people versus the downstairs people, except it's opposites. (laughs) Like, (laughs) interesting. Right? Because because the the staff Uh were the downstairs people. Yeah. Yes. Right? Okay. Um, Yeah, I don't... I I, I really don't love the way that they, like, set this up. Like, because... You've got, like, a little apartment where the 12-year-old gets to play dad to his four younger siblings with his bestie. Um, And then the full adult is, like, peace out. I'm going to sleep with my girlfriend downstairs. Um, But Julian, the, again, 12-year-old is staying upstairs with his younger siblings and sleeping on the fucking floor to help soothe Drew and Tabby when they wake from their night terrors because of the traumatic experience they just went through and losing their only parent Mm -hmm. that they had left. Okay. It's gonna take a lot for me to see Helen as anything but a shitty person. Like, this is neglect and then subsequent abuse. Like, not only are the children being emotionally abused by the fact that their needs aren't being met by an adult that they can feel secure, but also Julian is being abused by forcing him to be put into this fucking role. Like, and part of this is, like, as an oldest, you know, sibling, for me, I'm just kind of like, Helen, how... Who the fuck do you think you are? Like, how are mm-hmm. you not in tune? Even if you're not, like, you've been away on your your gap year. What, they're still your fucking family. These are still your siblings. Don't you feel, like, obligated to make them feel secure and safe? And, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, your job is to protect them. You're the yes. oldest. Like, you're... Your dad just got murked. 
and now it falls to you. And I'm not saying that it's like a good thing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not saying that like Helen can't battle with the unfairness of her situation. Right. But don't ignore your responsibilities and let your 12-year-old brother yes. take up the helm. Like, that's fucked up. I mean, Mark would never. No! <laughs> like, he already was kind of, like, proxy father yeah. while Andrew was, like, running the Institute and doing all that other stuff and, like, yeah. being with them while they were training and all that jazz when I don't really think he needed to be there as much anymore. It just doesn't make any sense that, like... Not only it, it, Helen is the oldest because she's mm-hmm. older okay. than Mark. She's but she's adult. also the oldest daughter. That shouldn't mean anything, but I, especially it, in their world, it does. In mm-hmm. this situation, it's weird. But in this situation, like you it doesn't even matter if, aside from gender roles, just the 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 way that like. Uh-huh. It's, girls, teen yeah. girls are a lot more, their their mental development is a lot faster than mm-hmm. teen boys, right? We, we know these things. So the oldest daughter has a lot more, like, involvement in family dynamics, which we know. Like, it's just, it's frustrating. Like, who are you? <laughs> it's crazy to me that anyway. Gia doesn't do something. Right? Well, and it seems like, obviously, maybe I'm... Aline has a very um, only child POV on it, I'm sure. I guess. Where she's not maybe, like... Even the way that she was talking to Clary about the Blackthorn kids, like, she was not... Like, it was almost like you were gossiping about a neighboring family. Yeah. And then um, she's like, oh, yeah, Helen's not doing that. Mm -mm, No. Wrong. Bye. Next. Like, we're going to have our wonderful life together. No. So then it's like in the which I agree. That would be cool if they found a guardian Mm -hmm. that could help Mm -hmm. them and a tutor that could help them. Right. I totally. You're right. Helen shouldn't do that. But in the interim, who's with these kids? Right. Exactly. Like. If you don't feel like you can take on the responsibility of raising these children full time, like, okay, fine. Personally, I don't agree. Um, but if that's if that's the way you feel, like, I can't I can't be mad at you for it. Like, at least you're aware of it. But as it stands right now, the fact that you're not sleeping up there with those kids and making sure that they're okay, and even the excuse of, like, I didn't know they were having nightmares no. isn't good enough. Because if you don't know, it's because mm-hmm. you're not there. And how would you expect and that's just them not, not okay. to have nightmares? They testified in exactly. front of the mortal sword. They, except for maybe Tavi, who's too young and is probably just waking up because he's waking Mm -hmm. up. But, like, they saw all of that shit. Drew was with Emma. They testified about that. You know they saw the shit go down. Like, how would you expect them not to have nightmares about that? It it just, there's no way that Helen, a, a young woman of her age, is not emotionally competent enough to understand these things. Like, to understand that her siblings need her support. And you can try to throw, you know, wrenches into the fact that she's, they're her half siblings or whatever. But for everything that we have read so far about the Blackthorns, Mark and Helen were fully integrated into the family. But they came as babies, they're, right? 
yeah, there, there was not, and they were brother and sister. Like, uh-huh. the way that they were treated was, for the most part of what we've seen, very much integrated. And it's not like there was an us versus them mentality. Right. So I just don't, and even if there was, even if there was, two-year-old Tavi and seven-year-old Drew aren't, like, it's not yes. their fault. Well, even 12-year-old Julian. <laughs> exactly. I just don't, like... In my brain, I'm thinking, like, I don't know. Obviously, I've never, whatever. But, like, Helen, how is your your instant thought? Like, and we know from Red Scrolls, she did go travel. She mm-hmm. went to a bunch of different institutes. Mm-hmm. She's done stuff. She met Aline, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're just like, okay, I expected maybe to join the conclave, enclave, where the fuck ever, in this part. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to join the conclave in L.A., Yes. And live at the Institute right. with my brothers and sisters and help out and be there with them. And Aline, why don't you come with mm-hmm. me if you'd like to do that? And that's what your mm-hmm. brain is thinking you're going to do. And so you might as well start forging this relationship with them now when yeah. they desperately need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The scene where, and yeah, I don't know if I you just, bring this up, but the scene where he's feeding Tabby on the floor too. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I, I was speechless. Like, how are there not? more resources he's yeah he's covered in food because he doesn't know Mm -hmm. how to get him to eat he's worried this 12 year old 12 is worried that his toddler little brother isn't eating enough and emma's emma knows how to like use the airplane even emma knows how to help but helen doesn't know how to help she's just not there right you know time to feed him right so like Exactly. So it very much feels like Emma and Julian are kind of like teaming mm-hmm. up to like try and make this work. And it it's such a jarring thing that makes me like sick to my stuff. And I'm also just like, Helen, are you not Aline? Who the fuck do you think you are? Like, are you not? And I think because I've had, obviously not this kind of an experience, but I've had a a similar relationship where there was, like, I was taking my brothers and, like, they were spending a lot of time with me as if, like, almost like as Mm -hmm. if I was a parent when they were younger. And I was only 18, you know, and they were, like, young kids. And my partner at the time was, like, fully, like, well, of course, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. if I was with anyone, and like, and I'm not saying he was a great guy, he really wasn't, but, <laughs> like, <laughs> but, like, if, if the person I was with would have had an attitude like that, I would have been like, our morals don't align. Yep. Yes. And Especially I think that's the, the problem for me, because I'm like, I don't think, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Helen and I'm going, oh, Helen, our morals don't align. Like, I don't think I can like you mm-hmm. as a character if your immediate response is not, what can I do to help mm-hmm. my family? Like, it feels so fucking wrong. And I know that everyone, like, goes through grief on their own and, like, I get it and that's great for you. But, like, you're the oldest and you don't have the luxury of sussing out your feelings when you there are literal children who are, like, in pain and need help. Well, and on the other flip side of that, Helen has a partner to, mm-hmm. after the kids are in bed, everything's done, yeah. she can talk yeah. to Aline and be like, oh my God, this is awful, and kind of let some of that out. Jillian has 
also 12 year old right 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 it's just wild to me i just i can't and i just kept thinking like alec would never (laughs) like al alec is the other oldest child that like could you imagine Uh uh-huh it's true like absolutely not and then in fact i'm not even sure sebastian would treat his sister like this (laughs) Well, <laughs> um, did he not make sure she fair. had clothes and food and like, <laughs> like he took care of her and she could take care of herself. So oh. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that Sebastian is better than <laughs> Helen, but question mark. I am saying I am posing it as a question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, okay, so back to Mr. Mom. Julian is concerned, like I said, that, that Tabby wasn't eating. And Emma's Emma reassures him that, like, the baby's just sad and he's missing Mark and their dad. And and Julian's like, yes, so am right? I. Like, like, dude. Which, it doesn't help. But honestly, they're 12. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we can't expect Emma to have some, like, wizened parenting advice for Julian in this. But honestly, like... At least she's perceptive enough to, like, understand what the yeah. problem is. Uh-huh. Right? Like, it's, because that's not untrue. Like, you know, that is a normal trauma response for little kids who can't articulate what, you know, what's mm-hmm. a, the matter with them is their eating habits change. <clears throat> so it's like she's trying, but they're, it's just, it breaks my heart that they're trying to be so much older and be so strong yeah. And it's just like, where are the adults? Like, I'm just so frustrated. So as Emma gets up to check on the older kids for Julian, because he's like, oh, I've got to check on, they've been too quiet. And like, they're probably trying to murder each other. Like, Is that not you know? like key? That's like a parent's yeah. thought. Because Tavi, or I'm sorry, not Tavi. Because um, Ty is so like, rigid in his like thinking and the rules and you know the way he likes to do things and so then his counterpart is Livy who's his twin so of course she's like she compliments him in every way so while he's very rigid she's very like loosey-goosey just go with the flow Jason Alec, you know if you but will. Drew is <laughs> right but Drew is super like competitive so when Tab when Ty and and Drew are are trying to do a game together, it like turns right. into chaos. And so Julian's like, fuck, I've got to like check on them. And Emma's like, don't worry, I've got it. You just keep <laughs> trying to feed the baby who just wants to throw things at you. Um, and she, just as she gets up, Helen comes in to deliver more bad news because that's all she fucking do, does. Uh-huh. Uh, Sebastian attacked the London Institute and thankfully the attack was unsuccessful and Uncle Arthur uh and the rest of the London Conclave are, like, safe. But their uncle was hurt, and so his injury is going to delay his arrival to Idris even longer than <sighs> they were expecting. So the two preteens seem to be on the same wavelength, and while happy that no one died in the latest attack, it seems unfair that London came away unscathed while they oh. lost so much. And Helen tries to assure them both that this is good news, and it means Sebastian is beatable. Um, but Emma's at a different place uh, in her healing journey. And I'm going to read you 
what she says. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I hope they catch him alive, said Emma, her eyes on Julian's. I hope they kill him in Angel Square so we can all watch him die. And I hope it's slow. So do we. Emma, <laughs> said Helen, sounding shocked. But Julian's blue-green eyes echoed Emma's own fierceness back to her without a hint of disapproval. Emma had never loved him so much as she did in that moment. For reflecting back to her, even the darkest feelings in the depths of her own heart. Yep. In a totally platonic way. Yes, right. In a totally platonic way. <laughs> um, that's so Sealy Queen of her. And I, I love do that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is what makes Emma so relatable. Like, she's not afraid to be like, yeah, I want revenge. Yes. And like, I'm not ashamed of it. And you can just go piss up a rope. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. One of the things about Emma that I like is that she doesn't really ever lose that. Like, she's still kind of like, mm, yep. fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will say, obviously, I don't want to spoil oh, yeah. anything from anything. But before we got the next set of books, I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. Tessa's my favorite female character, mm-hmm. lead protagonist. Mm-hmm. I love her. She's my best. Mm, Emma. Yeah. Emma's... Emma's a, it, she feels like more of a modern mm-hmm. character. Whereas Clary feels very like a snapshot of the time. Uh-huh. And her behavior kind of reflects that. And Tessa is also a little bit more reserved, I guess. And and less knowledgeable. Well. Given the time she was, you know living in like she didn't have access to a ton of information and emma feels more like a modern woman like she's less of a pick me i think as well yeah like i'm not like other girls i can't Uh have friends that are boys oh no although to be fair while while she she behaves less like a pick me because like her her vibes aren't that Uh i feel like sometimes like, it does feel like she kind of falls into, like, you would think she was from the outside. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway. I'm we're so excited talking, for that. Yeah. We're, we're talking bullshit around the fact that we can't right. spoil anything. So. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the shopping district of Alicante, and I don't know if it, there's really a shopping district, but in my mind, I made it up and it sounded cool. Yes. So. Clary and Jace are exploring a weapons shop. How romantic. And so they're at Diana's Arrow, which this place is gorgeous. And the way she describes it, I was like, I'm sorry, what? It's got like this Rococo-esque mural on the ceiling of like flying arrows. So like all I can think of, and I don't think that this is necessarily Rococo, but I just keep thinking of like cherubs. (laughs) And, like, lots of clouds. Like the Venetian? (laughs) Kind of. Kind of. But, like, I know that in my head, like, Rococo era is, like, giant wide skirts, Marie Antoinette. Like, I know big white wigs. Like, I know that that. But, like, in my head, I'm just, like, I just see little cherubs, like, with little arrows. Like, adorable. (laughs) Oh, no. I just, my brain won't let me think of anything else. Uh, 
Um, but so like, it's like this really fancy, like ornate place with like this beautiful chandelier and stuff, but like, it's just covered in weapons. It's like almost like a, like a spirit Halloween. Like they (laughs) took over an old church and made it a weapon shop. (laughs) So surprisingly, the quest for a new weapon is entirely Clary's, right? She drag, drug Jace out, um, and which is honestly surprising because it does feel like something that Jace would mm-hmm. plan for yeah. a date. <laughs> uh-huh. So um his girlfriend at, at oh okay. I don't that's a weird sentence. Uh to Jace's surprise, his girlfriend had been shamed by a 12-year-old and sought to rectify the imbalance in the world immediately. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, absolutely not. I got punked by a 12-year-old who was like, do you even know who you're dating? I got to go and fix this shit. That's crazy. So we meet the shop owner, Diana Rayburn, um, who chimes in with information about the various weapons she carries as Jason Clary browse. And the initial hurdle is finding a weapon that isn't too big or too heavy for Clary's petite frame. And I'm sorry, quick sidebar. You know this girl has fairy blood. Like, Fairchild, you know. Come on. That has to be canon, okay. right? I, I guess I never thought of that. I mean, I don't know. I just... Um... She's always described as, like, so tiny well, so and pixie-like. Was Charlotte, and like, right? She's got fairy blood. Yes, yep. And so mm-hmm. was Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the boys apparently didn't get that. Right. Right. Um, I just, like, it makes me feel gross because I'm the opposite of that. And I always hated it when I was reading it mm. as a teenager. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Uh-huh. So it's like, of course she right. is. Right, right. Well, they all are. Uh-huh. They all have to be so teeny tiny bird-like. Yes. <sighs> okay, so as they're discussing an engraved Viking sword, which I feel like this is going to come into play later in the series. Cause why else would it be described as, you know, it's described, it's a sword. It has okay. runes on it, but she specifically says it's not their kind mm-hmm. of runes. Cause these are like Viking runes or whatever. And then Diana follows that up by saying like, you know, or they, they talk about Cortana Either, either, yeah, but uh, it might be not, not, it might, this might be in um, Clary's okay. brain, but when Valentine was telling her about, or when she was learning about swords, right, uh, when she talked to Emma, you know, the, the swords that are named and the ones that are engraved, like, always mean something, like, they're very powerful, destined for shit and whatever, <clears throat> so... I don't... So, anyway, so I I just feel like this sword is engraved, and so, therefore, it should come back up at some point. It's too... It's one of those, like, uh, what's it called? The the gun on the wall. It's a writing thing. So, if you introduce... If you describe that there's a gun hanging on the wall in the first act then that gun has to do something. Okay. okay. Right? So, like, if you're explaining it, then it's got to come back around. I gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> that would be cool to see. Yeah. 
So, so as they're discussing this Viking sword, um, the subject of Emma and the orphans come up um, by way of Cortana, um, because of course they transition to talking about Cortana, and both Clary and Diana voice their sympathy sympathies for the Blackthorns um, and Emma, and Diana even says like, "Oh, I wish there was something I could do for them." Um, and then th- the subject quickly shifts back to Clary, uh, who's searching for the perfect signature weapon. Um, and Diana offers her a short sword to try. She's like, here, test this out. Um, and then she tells her to turn it over and she reads the engraving to like, you know, see whatever's on the other side. And so Clary does, and she sees a familiar pattern of stars and she's like, oh, fuck, this is like a Morgan Stewart sword. Kill. And she drops it. <laughs> And as a good salesperson, Diana launches into the lore behind the piece. Many moons ago, the Morgenstern family commissioned two swords to be made by Waylon the Smith um, for father and son. And so the smaller of the two, the one Clary is now holding, um, was uh, Heosphoros, Heosphoros mm-hmm. uh, which is Dawnbringer. Um, and then the larger, which she's also familiar with, was called uh, Faceforos. Face for us? Face for us? Phosphorus? Uh, is that how you spell I don't know. Phosphorus? That's, I think phosphorus is spelt with an O. That was my... Um, I listened to the audio book, my... too. You would think I would remember what they said. But I yeah. don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, it means light bringer. Uh, and that was carried first by her father and then now by her brother. So she's like... Eh. I don't think so. Diana explains. She's like, where the fuck did you get this, <laughs> right? by the way? <laughs> and Diana explains that uh, Jocelyn had sold the sword to Diana's father just a few days before the uprising. Um, and since it belonged to her mother, it should be Clary's now. And Clary's like, ah, look, I was estranged from my father when he died. And I kind of just went no contact with my brother. <laughs> Not sure I want to go around rocking my fucking he- bloody heritage yeah. on my back. Like... Besides the way my baby account is set up right now, like, I can't really. (laughs) She's too pretty to have good credit. That's it. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Clearly. Clearly a joke. Uh, But Diana isn't so easily deterred. Uh, It's not like she's going to be able to sell it. She's like, who's going to fucking want your brother's the twin sword? Well, and again, what kind of money currency do you use? In Alicante. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and she's obviously not going to let it go to someone who's going to use it for, like, bad shit. Because, like, while it's just a sword, it's still, like... Yeah. I mean, if it was know, made by Waylon like, the Smith, it's, like... Yeah, it's kind of, like, like, a big why deal. Why did yeah. her <laughs> father even buy it? Like, why would anyone want to buy another family's sword? That's weird. Right. I think it was... They knew Jocelyn... Okay. Yeah. Clearly needed assistance if she was willing to steal a sword from Beating and then go try to sell okay, it. Fair. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just, you know, it was kind of something they were doing for her. Like she pawned it. Mm-hmm. Like I'll come back for mm-hmm. it. Obviously, the Rayburns. Like if Diana's saying she wishes she could help, I mean, right. she's yeah. not like Amanda and saying oh, that's a real bummer. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to say bummer. That's a real fucking bummer. That's a real bummer. bummer. Um, I'm going to read this next little part. I don't want it, Clary whispered. 
If you flinch from it, you give it power over you, said Diana. Take it and cut your brother's throat with it and take back the honor of your blood. I have yes. goosebumps. Okay, this Diana. My arm. Fucking get it. Ugh. Diana's a bad love, Dude, I love Diana. <laughs> love Diana. <laughs> you go. So as soon as Clary picks up the short sword, she knows that it's like meant to be hers. Like it fits perfectly. It's not too light. It's not too heavy. It's like Goldilocks's sword. Um, The magic is quickly broken when Diana gets a fire message, though, informing her about the attack on the London Institute. And, of course, Diana passes this info along to Clary and Jace, uh, including that there was some sort of protection on the London Institute that the Clave was unaware of that helped rebuff uh, Sebastian's forces. While no one was killed, they also found failed to capture any of the Indarkened or Sebi himself. Look. And Clary's listening to the latest horrors of her brother, uh, her brother has chosen to inflict on their world and she wonders how much blood has been spilled by those called Morganstern. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you and it's back mm-hmm. to um, bullet points ago. <clears throat> yep. So do you mm-hmm. think, so since Cortana can like Cortana basically chooses its master, right? Like mm-hmm. that's part of it being who yeah. it is. So do you think... Cortana chooses whoever's worthy in the bloodline. Yes, okay. exactly. So, which, and obviously she, she, I don't know why Cortana's a girl, but she is in yeah. my brain. Um, She's a big bitch. Uh-huh. Um, she, she, the sword was made by Waylon the Smith. So do you mm-hmm. think that Heos Forest is also, like, choosing Clary at this moment? Which is why it's, like, the weight yeah. and stuff hmm. fits the same? Right. Yeah. Like the rings fit. I think. And stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I, the way I see these magical swords, right? Because you have your serif blades, which are like your everyday use, right? But then there's these special like heritage swords. And the way that I see it in this world is those things specifically, you know, we, we hear, we keep hearing about Wayland the Smith because he was like the badass blacksmith, right? For all these ancient swords. And pretty much we haven't really come across one that wasn't made by him that was significant, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. Um so the way I look at it is that there's magic in and of itself in these weapons. Like as he crafted them, he created, like imbued them with yes. magic that made them loyal to their bloodlines. And so I think it's one of those situations that like, yeah, like once it finds the right person, it's, it'll like sing for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. I have to point out how I loved how it was described when Diana got the fire message. It was like she just plucked it out of the air and then read it. Mm-hmm. I just that is so cool. But like my question is like if you're not paying attention and it's like it it like is it on fire when it falls into yeah, right? shit on fire when you're not paying attention? <laughs> or is it like yeah, safe fire? It's I mean, fire? <laughs> yeah. Uh the origin of it, it's catching shit yes, on fire. It's, yeah. Right. Chaos. <laughs> Chaos. In the best way. And I'll just best. leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> okay. So um, clearly this is a lot of information to take in that um, just happened here. Not only with the sword, but the fire message, everything. So Clary 
kind of stutters an apology toward Diana um, because of the realization of the morning clothes that she's wearing. And um, so she's kind of apologizing to Diana for the loss that she's experienced by the Morganstern hands. And she suddenly realizes that she's outside. Like, it's like she blacked out for a second there because she was picturing Sebastian, I, I guess. I, I know. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess maybe it's like when you're driving and you're thinking so hard that you're all of a sudden like, holy shit, I don't even remember the last 10 seconds. Or what a two yeah. seconds is probably more like what it was, but what? Yeah. Wait. Okay. But like, sorry. This made me. This has triggered me. But like, there have been times in your life where you're driving and you're like, I just drove thirty minutes and I have no recollection. Not thirty right? minutes. That literally just happened to me the other day. Yes. Yes. What? No. What do you mean not I would thirty say minutes? Like two minutes. Like, I, maybe. I dropped off at school. I remember yeah. going through the roundabout, and then I was pulling into the Dutch Bros parking lot in Oregon City. Crazy. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was listening to Draco Malfoy yeah. and the, what is it? Mortifying ordeal of being in love. Yes. And I was just picturing. So, like, when I listen to an audiobook, I can see the pictures course, in my yeah. brain. Yeah. So I was doing that while I was driving. And so I must, like, half of my brain must have been playing a picture uh-huh. show. Yeah. And the other side was paying attention to yeah. the road. Right. It's the only thing I can think yeah. of. That's that's the only... I just have to assume that I'm able to do yeah. that at one time. Because otherwise, I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, well, oh, shit. Okay, we're here. And it used to happen all the time when, like, I was, like, I want to say really tired. But the truth yeah. is hungover. Um, and, like, driving home or whatever. And then I'm just, like, the next morning. And I'm just like... I don't fucking know. I don't. I I drove an hour and a half home and no I have no idea. Way. Crazy. Yeah. Like from 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 up north. Just well because I when you're on the freeway and there's you're not getting off on okay. any exits. Like you're not doing anything but just like. Uh-huh. I don't know, but like I, no recollection. Crazy. It doesn't happen as much anymore, obviously. But there are plenty of times where I'm just like I zone yeah. out and I'm like oh. That uh-huh. was quick. <sighs> Crazy. Anyway. Yeah. So Clary had one of those moments. Sorry. Clearly it's um, more um, possible than I even thought because of your guys' experiences. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> so Jace is trying to console Clary by reminding her that all of the shadow hunters at the London Institute escaped. And she's like, no, that's not it. I am Okay. But badass bitch has been unlocked. I am keeping this sword just to prove to Sebastian that Morgan Stern shit doesn't do anything to me. Like, I'm not phased by it. Oh. You hold no power over me, Sebastian. And so Jace agrees with her. He's like, yeah, I agree. That's why I brought this leather sheath. But it was called a scabbard. So I had to Google it. Apparently that is a sheath. Uh-huh. So I'm just why are there two words? Maybe the scabbard is more for a sword, but it is a sheath. So there you go, Robin. Shall I say it one more time? Thank you for You're that. welcome. She yeah, sheath is like the umbrella okay. term. Scabbard is like more specific okay. to like the type of what it's for. Right? Because like a knife a knife could have a sheath. Stop. An axe could have a sheath. Stop. <laughs> they would be different. You're torturing me on purpose. Yes. 
Absolutely. Especially with your hand movements. Yeah. Your hand movements are not assisting. So, okay, listen. So he gives her this sheath that's decorated with stars. Clearly, <laughs> it's a Morgan Stern sheath. <laughs> so did he also get that from Diana, like, in the moment that Clary kind of blacked out? Or did he bring yes. it from home with yeah, him? Like, how, she, she, he had to have gotten it at the shop because Clary would have noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't even know they were going That's weapon fair. shopping. Okay, so good point. Well, she had to. Well, she told him the day she wanted to go. Oh, okay. I guess. Okay. I guess the surprise but, is him. Okay. Anyway, it just, I don't know. So he gives her that because he knew she'd want to keep it. So. I think it came with the sword, and he got it from right. da- da- Diana. Right. What would she do with that? Okay. It belongs to the sword. I agree. Diana. So um, he seems pretty proud that she has her first real weapon. Like, I'm so proud of you. This is such a big moment. And they chat oh about, like, the Morganster name, and um, she obviously hates it. And they talk about it being a morning star, and she is like, it's not really a star, and blah, blah, blah. And so then he makes it sound pretty cool. It's like to bring light to the world, basically. Don't you think that's pretty awesome? And she's like, okay, fine, you win. It's a cool name. All right, take <laughs> take the win. And so then he's like, all right, cool, I won. So now I want to show you something. So he's taking her somewhere. And we go back over to Simon. He is waking up. <laughs> And um, he's being woken up in a cage by Raphael, who looks like he's, like, a little unusually disheveled. Like, Raphael usually oh, no. looks put together. And in this moment, he's a little dirty. His hair's a little messed up. And if he wasn't in child form, I might be into it. So <laughs> he's actually, though, he's inside the cage, I think. I think. I can't oh, tell. No. He has to be inside the cage. Anyway. He is in the room, and it must be a big cage if they fit inside. And um, or Simon's like, how did you get in here? And he's like, uh, it locks from the outside, and I just came in. I wasn't mm-hmm. in the cage, so I didn't have to, like, break out to get in. And so Simon is like, all right, great. Is this where you make good on your threat to kill me when I lost my mark? Because <laughs> what are you doing oh. here? But no, Maureen would be like really pissed if he killed Simon because obviously she's into yeah. him. <laughs> We've established that. Um, so he brought up a good business move. Um, and that would be um, Maureen at one point. Um, what in the hell did I say here? Oh, I got it. Sorry. <laughs> I just read this last night. I remember what happened. So basically, he's like, no, she um, doesn't want to kill you. But I did bring up once to sell you to warlocks because, like, your blood would be really expensive. It would, like, give us a high price. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't into it. Quote, she would rather keep you here dressed up like a doll. But then she is insane. <laughs> she is is a little crazy we've established that so basically he thinks that he and simon have the same enemy so they can tag team this bitch like in a total minor doing murders way not in a sexual way obviously so right um it just reminds me have you guys seen the movie ted maybe it's ted 2 i think it's ted 2 they're like 
they're the our enemy one. now. That's what that reminds me of. Like they're doing something loud and the neighbor yells at them for being loud. And then they're yelling at each mm-hmm. other. And then another neighbor chimes in and tells them to stop yelling at each other. And they're like, no, she's our enemy now. So they both start attacking the lady. That's what this reminds me of. (laughs) They attack each other, but now there's someone else. So they swerve and they have a new enemy. So Raphael tells Simon about Maureen coming back after she was turned. So this is what I was talking about when we were talking. I think it was last episode. She it says he says that she had clawed her way free of her coffin and there was no way no Mm -hmm. like no one was there to teach her what to do and no one like threw a bag of blood at her like Raphael did for Simon so like she had it pretty tough it was traumatic for her which is interesting like if Lilith and Camille wanted her to be successful why wouldn't they have been there when she maybe they wanted her to sink or swim on her own well And, and they may have looked at it as a, I mean, the strong yeah. survive, uh-huh. right? So she'll crawl her way out and find something to eat. Like, they don't need to baby her because they didn't care. Crazy. It was, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, Simon remembers that feeling he had when he woke up after being turned. And he's like, yeah, I definitely would have killed Clary for blood if Raphael wouldn't have been there to not only stop me, but give me the bag of blood and I'm just going to keep saying bag of blood Mm -hmm. so then um things start to get like a little sexual sensual I feel like in this cage (laughs) Mm -hmm. um I'm gonna quote again uh I made you Raphael said my blood in your veins made you a vampire and I'm like just make out now yeah kiss (laughs) yes but it's the Raphael from the tv show yeah yes yes yeah, so he looks yes, 27. Exactly. Thank you. So, again, I feel like I say this all the time. I wish I could just read this entire encounter, but this is what I have. This is my this is my take on it. <laughs> Maureen didn't want to be a vampire, just like Simon didn't want to be. But um, this shit has turned her batshit crazy. Like, maybe he, I don't know, maybe he doesn't know the part about Lilith? Or was he the one telling us before? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was time. Okay, yeah, that's right. Before, so maybe yeah. Raphael doesn't know that. Anyway, this shit has turned her crazy. She's killing people like humans all over the place without even trying to cover her tracks. Um, this, um, his point of bringing this up is because, um, like, Simon wants to protect humans and Raphael wants to protect vampires, and she is not concerned about that at all. She's killing them without trying to cover her tracks to hide it that they're vampires. And so, obviously, Raphael wants to take her out. But the problem is he can't kill Maureen himself because the clan, like, totally loves her chaotic style of leading. (laughs) Like, they have total freedom. They're super into this. And Simon's like, oh, you actually care about the clan. Like, maybe you would make a really good leader. And so um, Raphael's plan is to get Simon out of the cage um, and, like... Obviously, he has to help him, but um, he's going to hide him in Alicante. So Ansel Nightshade, which was racking my brain. I know I've heard his name before. I just can't remember mm-hmm. when we heard his name and where and, or anything. It's a set of books we haven't okay. got to. I just know I've heard yep. the name and I just could not remember. Okay. So um, He is the current vampire representative on the council, and he has agreed to allow Raphael to step in his place 
for this meeting that they're going to be having. <coughs> and he wants Simon to come with him because he knows the children of the Inquisitor can, te- like, he, Simon knows the children of the Inquisitor, so he can testify directly to the Inquisitor because maybe he'll trust him because he mm. knows his kids, I guess. And this bitch is crazy. Mm. Like, go tattle on her, please. Go turn her in. Someone needs to stop mm. her. And so um, Simon is obviously con- concerned about how the clan will react toward him when he gets back if he's the one that turns in Maureen. Like, you're just putting it all on me instead of on you, right, is what he's saying. Right, um, right. But Raphael's like, no, it's fine. Like, I have supporters in the clan. Like, clearly I didn't just, like, get in here on my own. Someone had to let me in. Which I'm just like, so then if you were the one to turn her in, you have supporters. It's the same. Why are you dragging Simon along? Mm -hmm. But it's fine. We need Simon to not be in a cage, I guess. (sighs) So anyway, like, we'll be fine. No big deal. Plus, like, you're not exactly safe. As it is day to day right now, <laughs> like you're being protected yeah. by a person slash wolf, and we were clearly able to kidnap you, vamp nap. <sighs> mm-hmm. So he's like, I can totally leave you in this cage if you want, or you can come with me to meet Katarina Loss, who was waiting for us downstairs to make a portal. Pick your poison, bro. And of course, mm-hmm. he goes. And then we go back over to Clary and Jace. She's in the Hall of Accords, admiring the remodel job since the, you know, battle. And um, Jace brings her to the fountain with a mermaid statue. And he tells her that it's tradition to bless your first weapon in the fountain. And I <laughs> legit laughed out loud. Like, it's not like a beautiful lake, like Lake Lynn or anything really cool. It's a fountain statue. But I want you to read it how you wrote oh, it. Oh, I said, <laughs> <laughs> You said, bless your fist weapon. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. It says fist instead of first. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. I missed an R there. I was like, <laughs> so you, your fist, you fist the your weapon. Fist weapon. <laughs> your, your fist is a weapon. And then you yeah. plunge it in. <laughs> yes. Use the weapons you were born Melee with. damage. Melee. <laughs> yeah. He's like, shadow hunters can fire these yeah. guns. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need no bullets for these guns. <laughs> So I'm not going to read the whole blessing, even though I want to, but it's long. So just know it is a literal blessing, not like a quick sort of jokey one that you would think would be used in a fountain that is decorated with a mermaid. Right. (laughs) (sighs) So Jace is telling her, basically, repeat after me this blessing and like dunk your water into your fist blade into the water (laughs) and so clary follows the directions slips her blade into the water and she has a moment where she gets an intrusive thought about her and sebi at the pool like the water fountain at the vampire nightclub back in prague Mm. i don't remember if it's a vampire nightclub but i really want to say vampire nightclub Uh because of what we do in the shadows so that's what's happening and jace pulls her out of the ick like by telling her basically the next steps of what to do. And she holds the swords up and like it's really showcasing the glint of the obsidian stars in the middle because like the light's bouncing off of it or whatever. And Jace tells her to name the sword. 
And instead of something random like Beatrice, she keeps the name Heos Forest to Dawnbringer. Which, I mean, I think it'd be fun to like, it's this, like, instead of saying Cortana, you're like, well, that was your name. But now, right. ma'am, yes. you're Beatrice. Yes, right. agreed. If you're naming the sword, you get to pick the name, yeah. right? Absolutely. I'm just kidding, obviously. Uh, Jace kisses the side of Clary's mouth, which I think is weird. Uh-huh. That's weird. That is weird. Kiss her cheek. Yeah. Forehead. Kiss her forehead. It's not... Yeah. Uh-huh. It's al- it always feels like a mistake. Right. Yes. <laughs> like, oops, got your side. Like, let me get a good one. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. Well, just we can't touch anymore. Oh, um, right, right. Yeah. And then he tells her it's time to hit the old dusty trail. They gotta go. And Clary decides to get clairvoyance and tells Jace that she's been, like, I know you've been thinking about him. And it's weird. That's just random. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. weird. And, um, like, I know you've been thinking about Sebastian. Something's bothering you. What's going on? Let me into your little noggin. And Jace turns to walk away, and Clary is like, please don't shut me out. Please don't slam the door. You don't have to keep your distance anymore. Just watched that yesterday. Anyway, <laughs> I, I couldn't sing. I can't do that voice. Um, and he's like, I just, listen, the level of emo, teenage mm-hmm. angst in Jace is just yeah. unbeatable. Yeah. It's too much. And so he is like, I wasn't going to shut you out, but I just walked away while you were talking to me. (laughs) Just fucking rude, bro. That's rude. (laughs) That is rude. Yep. Um, It is rude. It's just nothing new has come up to tell her. Like, there's nothing new. He um, resents that he was so intimately connected to Sebi. And he can even tell her why Sebastian would have chose those specific things in the box at Amatus's house. And we hates it. (laughs) <laughs> like this is goleming i don't know and um i really love to poke fun at the timeline so i just have to point out like of course you're still thinking about all of this jace it was literally like two weeks yes. ago i'm still yeah. thinking about how my joke flopped with the sales guy from the auto parts store and like that was almost the same amount of time and i can't stop thinking about it right and amanda yeah amanda was there that's why she's laughing so bad <laughs> it was terrible what was the joke so we walk in and like he's a funny guy right so you walk up to the counter and he's like i'm sorry we're all out and he said it to everybody and i was like oh dang i was just gonna ask if you had any f's in the back because like you're out a lot of fucks right that's funny but i didn't Mm want to say fuck because he looked kind of like it was a cusp i didn't know if the swear was appropriate so i said f's and he was like what and i was like oh and i didn't know what to say and because I don't think it wasn't that he didn't hear me. It's that he didn't get mm-hmm. the joke. Right. And then I was like, oh, it was a really dumb joke. I was going to say a curse. I swear, but I didn't want to say the word. And he was just like, oh, OK. Uh, yep. What yep. can I help you find? <laughs> oh, no. And then I couldn't figure out how to say compute. Like, because I, I, my car was throwing up a code, like a check engine code. And I wanted to borrow their code reader. But I couldn't remember how to say that. And it was just so awkward. Oh, no. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. That it not, but it wasn't And Amanda didn't fucking save me. 
No, you did. You did save me. I, don't I lied. You did. I didn't feel like you were um, the one being awkward this time. Uh-huh. The whole interaction was yeah. just top tier cringe. I hate that. Anyway, I, it, that's I been about the, like, two weeks canned. ago. What'd you yeah. say? I, I hate the canned, like, it's it's that, like, older dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like what you said, like, we're all out. Like, just like that fucking, the way, the energy that they put up, up front, it yeah. drives me nuts. Here's the thing. You are not going to go toe-to-toe <laughs> with somebody <laughs> who probably has the most punny dad jokes at her disposal of all the time, of all time. This is true. And then you come at me with a joke. You're not expecting a joke back. Absolutely. Right. Like, are you just, do you just deal with grumpy old men that just kind of go, huh? Like, he's the funny yes. guy. You're the clown. You're the funny guy. <laughs> yes. You're the funny guy behind the counter. But then when I'm like, okay, I see you're two. I'll up your ante. I'll raise you. Yeah. And then there's you're nothing on the energy. other side. Yeah. And they're not prepared for it. Yes. The I, on the other hand, immediately shut down. As soon as that energy is presented, I'm like, uh, no. Anyways, what I yeah. need from you is this. Like, I just, I do not have the patience for it because then I'll have to try and engage and then I get very, like, whatever, mm-hmm. like, thrown off. But, like, Robin is someone who does match energy and she will sit there and go back and forth when we were getting our tattoos by the lady. Robin was go. I mean, she was just on her fucking roll, just like ba da ba ba, like the whole good time. For you. Bits, <laughs> which I can like, I can get into when like the vibe is right, but like it's never. I can never do it. Like I don't have the generosity in my heart <laughs> to do it for someone who doesn't deserve it. <laughs> and that's why Robin's a better person than I am. <laughs> the yin to your yang, if we will. Great. I don't know. The point of that is I'm still thinking about that. And that was about two weeks ago. You're obviously you're thinking about Sebastian still. You shouldn't be over it by now. Yeah. It's fine. I love that. Anyway. Do you think Sebi thinks about it on the opposite end? Yes. I mean, would you if you were rubbing elbows with the Sealy Queen? Mm. I mean, I yes, don't think is. I would. I don't think I would miss Jace that bad if if I had the Sealy Queen. But Sebastian's I mean, she's, a, like he's a special but she's kind older, of. She knows things. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's determined. If there's one thing that man has, it's perseverance and tenacity, right? <laughs> That's true. I love you, Robin. Yes. You make me so happy. I love that for us. Okay. So as we've all said before, Herondale's going to Herondale, but Herondale is also going to emo. It's going to happen. They're going to (laughs) lament. They're going to write a short poem. He's going to stare at the window and watch the rain. Yes. In the middle distance, as I've said. Yes. (laughs) He's going to be in the music video. He's yes. going to stare at himself in the mirror and try to make himself cry because he wants oh, to watch yes. the tears roll down yes. his face. Yes. Oh, God. That's so fucked up. That's great. Okay. And he... <sighs> I lost my place because I beatboxed there and now I don't know where I am. 
Well, you gave me full body shivers because now all I can imagine is Sebastian pretending to cry to be like, like standing in front of the mirror trying to make himself cry to be like, what does it look like when people show emotion? And then like calculating it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or trying to recreate it so he can fake it. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. uh, uh, he doesn't uh-huh. have real emotions. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about Jace, but this will you could also uh, interject yes, that yeah. for Sebastian if you wanted to. Um, yes. So he, Jace, tells Clary to save the whole you're not like him speech. Save it. I already know I am. He lists all of their nunchuck and bow hunting and computer hacking skills that they share from when they were kids growing up together. <laughs> And, of course, their childhood, um, Kristen, this word is lead. <laughs> As well, as lead. Yes, this is also lead. Uh, but it's a different kind of lead. Just so you know, it led different paths English after 10. <laughs> to be fair, they're all spelled yep. the same. Lead, lead, and lead. Yes. Um... Sorry. Uh, their child, after 10, there was a fork in the road. Um, but the, by then, like, the foundation is really laid. You know what I mean? Like, this is basically Jace's fault, what happened. I mean. <laughs> wow. How quickly he gets there. Yes. When Clary's like, would you just fucking back your trolley yes, up, please? Yes, for real. <laughs> Would you calm the fuck down? I don't know if you know this or not, but Sebastian was literally controlling you. <laughs> like, you were a puppet. You were possessed. He was James bro. Hetfield. He was the master of puppets. And you oh were the puppet, okay? Yeah. And Jace master. tells her, like, it's not, it's it's not because of that. Okay. It's, it's not what she thinks. It's because that he liked it. Sebi is smart, but there were always holes in his plans. Holes that were filled by Jace and his devastatingly military mind. <laughs> the two of them would sit there and like plan out burning the world to the ground and then reconstructing it from the ashes like it's gonna rise like the fucking phoenix okay it was really exciting for a bunch of alpha bros to do that okay (laughs) they loved it gross and clary of course is like you are once again wrong he made you think those things because he needed a friend like he controlled your emotions he wanted a friend so he made you act like that because he wanted he wants this fantasy mm-hmm. world. <laughs> Sorry. It's not wrong. It made me think of grandma's boy when he was like fantasy from delusional from fantasy island. Anyway, <laughs> um fuck, why am I like this? So Sebastian just has this like he wants his sister lover, the brother lover thing, and he wants Jace to be his bestie, and he's able to control Jace, so he's like orchestrating all these feelings and the scene and he everything wants to that happens. Jace. What? He wants to be Jace. Yes. He wants to be like Mike. Mm-hmm. And Jace isn't convinced because, like, it was way too easy for him to think of ways to break and destroy things. But now that his mind is, like, free, he's drawing a blank when it comes to how to fix things. 
And maybe, maybe it's because when you were controlled, you didn't have to worry about your emotions mm. and your relationships with other people. And you could just mm-hmm. focus on stuff like that. Like, um, I feel like I could get a lot done if my brain wasn't going 30 directions every five mm-hmm. seconds. Yeah. If, if someone closed all my browser tabs and only had one open. Woo-hoo! Yes. All the possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a reason why, like, we would just be too powerful. So. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's an evolutionary trait to keep us at a normal level. Because yes. otherwise we would be too amazing. Yes. Absolutely. I agree. And then he drops this do- doom and gloom, which I shall <laughs> quote us. What does that qualify me for exactly? A job in Hell's Army? I could be a general, like, Asmodium. Or, okay, he doesn't say Asmodium, but I had to. Asmodium. Or Samael. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Sorry, this is a I quote. Quit interjecting your Robin thoughts. This is a text from the book. Jace. Just clearly interrupting. They were the brightest servants of God once, Jace said. That's what happens when you fall. Everything that was bright about you becomes dark. <laughs> as brilliant as you once were. That's how evil you become. It's a long way to fall. He's so fucking dramatic. He is the most, to say the least. Uh Yes. It's why him and Sevi were besties, because they are both dramatic as fuck. Yes. And Clary is like, girl, calm down. You haven't fallen. Like, no. And then um, they're cut off from this awkward conversation because the demon towers start throwing up gang signs. And <laughs> everyone starts pouring out of their homes to head up to the guard because the bat signal is lit and it's getting crowded in the streets. And Jace starts asking some randos what's going on. He's like, hey, you look like a dude. Can you tell me what's happening? <laughs> you look like a dude. <laughs> And this person tells them that there's been another attack. And Clary has a moment where she realizes that, like, she's like, oh, my God, I'm racing up the same hill that I was racing with Luke in the first set of books. And, like, I was so breathless before, but, like, I'm training to hunt shadows and I'm, like, so yassified about this. Is the song Running Up the Hill playing? In my brain right now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. She's she's snatched. She's very yassified about this. She is obsessed. Yes. Okay. And I mean, good for her, right? Rando shadow hunter dude tells them that the attack is still ongoing. Like the attack, it's it's live streaming on Twitch. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. They they decide to kick it into high gear. They gotta get there. They gotta get the cheese made. They have to know what's going on. And when they finally reach the courtyard of the guard, there's a portal against one of the walls. And um, Clary can kind of make out some colors. And she sees, like, patchy, starry scry, like, in the portal oyster. (laughs) And the pair run into Robert Lightwood, who stands in front of them. And he, like, blocks their path. And Jace is, of course, like, hey, dad. What's he doesn't say that. That was me. Uh, What's going on? Like, we all assume the situation in London was, like, hemmed up, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
And Robert tells them it seems like since Sebastian was thwarted in London, he decided to turn his attention elsewhere. And um, Robert is so gaining for the climax, okay? It is like he is in his inquisitor robes. He's blocking the path. He's like, I'm an impenetrable shield. Don't get around me. Hear this information from me. And then um, Gia cuts him off and yells, the Adamant Citadel's besieged. And she totally steals his thunder. And I love that. Love it. Love that. And I don't know why I made Robert Lightwood sound like a Dalek, but that's what happened. And it's, I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. And uh, Gia's in front of the portal. And she, of course, is being an absolute Bamfy boss bitch. She's like wearing this black cape that's like flowing out into like the portal wind. And she's telling them that they are going to go to the aid of the Iron Sisters. And they're going to start with Shadow Hunters, who are, you know, they were not late for class. Their notebooks right. are out. They are armed and ready to go. Okay, they're in gear. They're ready to go. You guys get to go to the front of the line. How cool mm-hmm. for you. What a treat. Mm-hmm. And Clary looks around the courtyard and she's like, damn, it really felt like there was like a swarming of Shadow Hunters coming to the guard. But there's like 40 of us here. It's like one Portland public class. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it kind of also sounds like me telling a story. Like just the exaggeration station. Okay. Uh But then in reality, there wasn't that many. And there's some shadow hunters who guard the guard. And they're making a stockpile of weapons beside the portal that's open so people can just grab and go. And, um, of course, uh, Jace tells Robert to let them through. And, you know, his request is immediately denied. None shall pass. He's a fucking black knight. And Sebi was trying to, like, Robert tells Jace and Clary that Sebi was trying to shy a surprise, the Shadow Hunters. So he only brought, like, 20 or 30 and darkened. And I quote, there are enough warriors for the job without us sending our children Mm. through. And, of course, having been checkmated by Jace, right? Robert Lightwood fucking checkmated you, Jace. Yeah. Right? Because Jace yells out, I am not a child, which automatically makes him fucking look like one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. You just failed the test. Yes. I I don't know what else you can do in that situation, but he checkmated you. (laughs) Um, And I don't know. I... Listen... Cleary has got to be slightly neurodivergent, okay? Because her brain is always working up the weirdest things at the weirdest times. And I love it. But it makes Uh no sense. But I love to love it. And sometimes I kind of hate it. But I mainly love Mm -hmm. it. So Sebastian's, her brother's attacking the Iron Sisters, who I'm assuming he knows have been trying to make a weapon that can MDK Mm -hmm. him. And Jace is trying to get through because he is Jace. And Clary Mm -hmm. is wondering if Robert can finally see Stephen Herondale in Jace's face or if he still tries to search for parts of his old parabatai Michael Wayland. That's what she wants to know at this minute. She's a cheese goddess. These are the pressing questions. This is pressing. Yes. Thank you. And of course, we don't get the answer, which and I know it's a literary device to remind people but like i just like to think that clary's slightly Mm -hmm. neurodivergent anyway Mm. 
Jace asks Robert what he's hiding. Like, because clearly he knows something. Like, you look sus. Damn. I know. And then, like, at the moment, a blonde shadow hunter walks by talking to one of her fellow Nephilim about how they were told they could try to bring back the Indarkin to see if they can be cured, which means maybe they can save their friends and family. And Clary starts eye-stabbing Robert, and she's like, whoa, dude. You know the Indarkin can't be saved. Like, why are you letting people who have relatives that were turned go in through the portal? Like, don't tell me. And that's, I think that's how it actually is. Like, don't tell me that you're mm-hmm. doing this. Mm-hmm. And Robert tries to politician her by saying that they mm-hmm. don't know that they can't be Disgusting. saved. But Clary, like Katarina, has a BS meter and hers is for mm-hmm. adult bullshit. And it is highly tuned. And yeah. she calls him out on his flawed logic. Those shadow hunters are going to go through the portal. They're going to see faces of their friends and family, but they aren't actually fucking human before anymore. We all yep. know that. And they're going to hesitate. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Jace and is like, yep, that's exactly what Jace says. You're, they're all going to be slaughtered. Dumb. Dumb. Think ahead. I know. And I just want to read this next part. And I don't fucking know why, but I liked it. In a way that I didn't want to like it, but I liked it. Okay. Robert, you have to stop this. Robert was shaking his head. This is the will of the clave. That is what they want to see done. Then why even send them through? Jace demanded. Why not just stay here and stab 50 of our own people to death? Save the time. (laughs) Don't you dare joke, Robert snapped. I wasn't joking. And don't you tell me 50 Nephilim can't defeat 20 and darkened warriors. Okay, bitch. So it's gone from 30 to 20. How do you, how right. can anyone even know that Napoleon? Mm-hmm. Did you take a fucking head count? Do, do you have someone right. out there tallying Roman numerals? How many and darkened shadow hunters you see? And he is just a cocky pig headed old man. And he's not old. Yes. He's more closer to my age. We know this, but I'm calling yep. him old because That's he is vibe. acting old. I know. Yep. And anyway, while their argument is happening, so like meanwhile, shadow hunters start stepping through the portal and Clary thinks that some of them look really, really old and some of them look really, really young, which begs the question, is Robert just looking out for his child and not necessarily caring about the other children mm-hmm. or are they like baby faces? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're baby faces. But Clary's kind of was like concerned that they're just picking up a random weapon before they bounce through the portal, which I get could kind of be like anxiety for her. But I think most of these shadow hunters are trained on like various weapons. So it's not as a big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like I think she's thinking of it like, oh my God, they're, like that might not be their specialty. They're just grabbing it. Like that's cray. I don't think it's as big of a deal that they're just grabbing random weapons, but Clary's not into it. And Jace, of course, is um, telling Robert that they're feeding right into Sebastian's trap. He's going to have some plan for backup. Like, you are making a mistake. Mm -hmm. And Robert is really playing the part of authoritarian asshole inquisitor. And he starts raising his voice at Jace, um, saying that there's no way that they can, um, like, that Jace... 
sorry, I said Jace again. There's no way that Sebastian could have made a portal to the Citadel. So he must have gotten there by land. One if by land, two if by sea. Okay. And um, he's not going to expect them to be watching the Citadel. Sebastian's not going to be expecting them to do that, even though it makes sense because they're trying to make a weapon. So why wouldn't he attack Mm -hmm. them? But what the fuck ever. And Sebastian knows that he can't be tracked. And so he must think that they're just sitting there watching institutes, right? Like, that's what Sebastian has to be thinking. They're just sitting around the map watching the institute. So this is really like a gift. And you don't, what, look a gift horse in the mouth? I don't know what that's called. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth except when it's a Trojan horse. Yes. Yes. And Jace tells him that Sebastian doesn't give gifts. He's a really stubborn, what, no, selfish lover. He doesn't yeah, give he's gifts. he's no Santa Claus. <laughs> yes. I don't believe Oprah. that he's a selfish lover. Okay, Oprah. I don't believe that. Okay. Um, Robert, he's like, he tells Robert that he's being blind. And of course, instead of maybe listening to the person that was in tuned with his emotions and connected with him and like locked away in this little like bachelor pad he decides to double down or maybe triples it down i don't know like he's basically like we're not blind and then he tells jace that maybe he's frightened of sebastian okay maybe you're afraid of him but sebastian is really just a boy he's not the greatest military mind ever to walk the earth um, and let's not forget that, like, you and your plunky little shadow hunter friends and, like, werewolves fought against him at the Burren and, like, he lost. So, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he turns heel, which I expect, like, I his cloak is billowing. He is sashaying. Oh, okay? yes. He pulled uh-uh. a snape. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And he walks away. And Jace is, of course, really TO'd. And he tells Clary that, like, he's like, I'm going through that portal. <laughs> um, it's happening. <laughs> and Clary's like, um, they aren't going to let you do that, Big Daddy. Like, it's not mm-hmm. happening. And, of course, fucking, this is so teenager. And I love it. He's like, I don't need their permission to go through the portal. I, why am I Dalek voicing? I don't know. They, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need their permission. He's just going to sleep in. He's going to be sneaky. He's going to get in. Nobody's going to know. But the question of the night is, will Clary agree to stay behind? Obviously not. It's obviously a no. It's a no. And the hustle and bustle of the crowd around them is like a buzz with pre-battle anticipation. And they all think they're like, all of these shadow hunters are like, yes, sneak attack on Sebastian. Shy of surprise. This motherfucker's going down. He's not going to expect us to know what he's thinking. And Clary tells Jace that she loves him, but he better not try to stop her. And he responds by, like, reaching out and grabbing her hand. And they're like, all right, we do it together. And so then they bum rush the portal, holding hands. Mm, it's so romantic. As you do. Yes. Die, 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 my darling. Do. Don't yeah. utter a single word. Okay, anyway. <sighs> I need some water after that. Yeah, you did well. Yeah, and you, did well. you need to read chapter seven, <laughs> Clash by Night, by, for next week's episode. Uh, okay, 
For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.